you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, football! Just one sleep away from Thursday night action in the NFC West. How about this big-time showdown on Thursday Night Football? Week 5 kicks off with one of the league's most heated rivalries in Matt Stafford and those Rams soaring to the top of the league, especially their offense. Russell Wilson, though, has his squad ready to defend their home field. Hopefully, he doesn't have to do it all on his own. This has been the story with Russell Wilson year in, year out for as long as I can remember. But I do know this is a battle in the league's best division. Thursday Night Football, Thursday, 8 p.m. on NFL Network on Fox and streaming on Prime Video. Good morning, everybody. Welcome Hello. to our show. It's called GMFB, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're feeling good here on a Wednesday. My name's Kay Adams, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Michael Robinson. Peace. Hanging What's out up, with baby? us all week long. We love, love that because we're going to put you to good use. Let's get it. Conversations I'm ready. with the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. Let's do it. The Chargers, <laughs> they came away with a big win over the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Bright Lights is where this kid shines, and now there is a three-way tie at the top of the AFC West. For the latest from around that division, let's send it over to our very own Jeffrey Chidea. Hey, Jeff. Thanks, Kay. And the AFC West has always been talked about as a division that would be very interesting if the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers could play at the same level as the Chiefs. Well, now we're seeing that be the case. You saw the Chargers with that big win on Monday night over the Raiders, and Keel quarterback Justin Herbert continues to play at a very high level, and Brandon Staley, their new head coach, has that team firing on all cylinders. The Raiders, even with that first loss, shouldn't be dismissed now because Derek Carr, their quarterback's playing at an MVP level, and they brought in some great veterans to bring leadership, guys like Casey Hayward, Yannick Ngakwe, and K.J. Wright. And the Broncos, even with their injury issues, should be a tougher team once they start getting healthy. And so, look, the Chiefs still have great things going for them with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they have won this division five years in a row. But they have a lot of issues on defense, and if you're going to win the AFC West, you better be a complete team this year. 
And now back to you, Kay. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for the updates all around. It seems like this division's up for the grabs. Uh, the Chargers dealing with a short week. The Browns coming to SoFi on Sunday. What a game that'll be. Game of the week, I think. Both teams 3-1, and one, both trying to say, hey, we're AFC contenders, people. Mm -hmm. We're the real deal here in 2021. What ultimately decides this Browns-Chargers matchup in Week 5? Talk Baker to me. Uh, I will a little okay. bit, but I'm going to talk about this two-headed monster at running back that the Browns yeah, have yeah. right now. And that's literally the only part of the Chargers' defensive game that, they, that they're lacking. But the Cleveland Browns, they run the football. They average 177 rushing yards a game, man. Like, that is old-school ball. That's bully ball, and that's how they want to play. Uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, leads this team in receptions, which I don't necessarily like that. They got to get Odell back on the ball a little bit more. But when you're running the football like this, defenses are going to react. You're, they're going to put eight guys in the box, and it makes throwing the football downfield a little bit easier. When you look at Baker Mayfield, I'm not so sure that he can win games exclusively on his arm. Right? Uh, we have quarterbacks in this league that can do that, that can manipulate the defense without having to have play action. Sure. But that's not Baker Mayfield. No. Baker Mayfield, 71% completion on play action, 63% completion, make two interceptions without uh, play action. You have to make it a running game. And the Chargers, they have to put this game squarely in Baker Mayfield's What if hands. I were to tell you that a team that just won three straight games, mm -hmm. including a big win on the road, would have their quarterback say immediately after the game, Today, I don't know what the hell that was. I was piss poor. That's Baker Mayfield. That's what he said after the game, in which they win on the road against the Vikings, and he was right. Baker's not great right now, and he refuses to acknowledge that it has to do with his non-throwing shoulder, which I credit him for. But if you didn't watch this game, it was a bizarre 14-7 game. And it doesn't sound bizarre, it was. Baker's deal, guys, above anything is accuracy in the draft. If you ask him, I, I, I can't do what Lamar does. I, maybe I can't do what Josh does, but man, I am accurate. He wasn't. He was off. He seems a little bit in his head. And this Odell Baker thing is, is weird because we remember when Odell first came over yeah. and there was concerns about Baker's forcing it to him. Stefanski saying, we got to get the ball to Odell early or weird things psychologically happen. 14-7 to win and Baker say, I don't know what the hell that was. That's, you have to have a huge comeback game because the defense is amazing. The run game's amazing. Baker's not been great. To your point, Baker in college, the two best completion percentage seasons in the history of college football. And now he can't complete passes in big spots. And now the progressive commercials seem to be more and more. It uh, seems like we're seeing him all. It's that whole thing happening again You're now. right. They hit differently, don't they? Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is watching. They, they have the best defense in the league. Like, this so defense bad. is unbelievable. So I think that's the key factor here. I think this defense, let's see if they're for real. The last two games, Vikings were scoring on everyone. They, they ran it up the score on the Seahawks. They put up yeah, a lot of points on the Cardinals. They play the, the, the Browns last week. We're going to hold you to seven in your own building. Cousins got crushed. 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 Bears, they, they, they won a game. They're feeling good. Let's go to field. No, you're not going to do anything here. And the defense hasn't just been this guy, Miles Garrett. We're seeing huge production. Every Talk level. Boy. Every level. <laughs> from Every Malik level. McDowell, who no one is better from. From Malik Jackson, who no one really can. JOK! Jeremiah Owosu-Karamoa has been starting the past two weeks. Not, no, not coincidentally, no one's scoring any points. The guy has been in a heat-seeking missile. This Browns defense has been so good, mm -hmm. suffocating other teams. So as the Chargers are feeling good about Justin Herbert and what they've got going on, if the Browns defense shows up to SoFi like they did the last two weeks, playing the Bears and playing the Vikings, I don't even know if the Chargers offense and Joe Lombardi, what he wants to do, could even get going. They've yeah. been that dominant. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think Miles Garrett's the defensive player of the mm -hmm. year. Yes, he, he has is. been unblockable. He and he's got a bunch of guys around him that are doing the same mm -hmm. thing. So Browns defense, we don't mm -hmm. talk about it too often. Pretty cool. 
They can bail out Baker if he doesn't have his oh. best game. Who picked Miles Garrett as defensive? Was that you? Yeah, that. Was I also a did the year before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it every year. Uh, you say, you know, if you're the Chargers, stop the run and make him make it a bait. It's basically yeah. Baker. This has to be your game to get this done. You're pointing out his deficiencies. I'd love to know Shrakes or just what do we think of Baker? This is maybe not even in this game, but probably in this game, it's gonna come down to being on his shoulders, which they don't ask him to do very often. They lean on that run game so much. They're 24th in the league uh, passing right now. They were 22nd, I believe all of last season. Mm -hmm. They don't ask him, but at some point, especially if you want us to think that you're a contender. He's going to have to win He's going to have to. So, like, I look at last year's playoff game against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes left for a little bit. He was in there. He had the ball in his hand. Could not get it done. Maybe Odell needed to be out there. Maybe they needed somebody who could get the ball. I mean, with Kyle just showing it, yeah. it looked like he could, but he he could hit Odell. And then week one, with the chance to win the game, Baker Mayfield could not put it all over his shoulders. Week one, out the gate, with all of that pent-up stuff from that loss to the Chiefs, couldn't get it done against the Chiefs again. So to me, it's... I picked them to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Packers, and I stood up there and I said, the only problem is I just don't see him winning the game for any team in those moments, and those moments are going to come. They're he might come, come against the Chargers. I know. I, the dark secret, I think, going on right is, is not right. Baker tried to make a tackle a couple weeks ago yeah, and popped his shoulder up. out. It's ironic that you say it's on his shoulders. I think he is <laughs> yeah. in, in there. They're, they're asking, Baker, how's the shoulder? He's like, it's in. It's fine. Next question. Doesn't want to have it, which but I credit, but I don't us. think he's right. He's I never really... showed us that he can do it. And I don't think he's going to do it now either. But like, I, think, I think he's banged up. We need to understand, there's, not, there's probably only eight guys walking this planet that can just constantly win games with their arm. Yeah. Mm. And we just need to kind of understand that when we're talking about quarterbacks. Most quarterbacks are system guys. Mm -hmm. They need the system mm -hmm. to be successful. Mm -hmm. Questions, concerns? Yeah, you know, Baker, we always bring up Lamar. And can he get over the hump? Lamar won the playoff game last yeah, year with his arm, made the big play. And Lamar went out and beat Kansas City this year. And it's like, Baker's the same draft class. And he hasn't had to do that yeah. because of all the running game and the great play that they've gotten from, from other aspects of the game. But, like, at some point, he's going up against Justin Herbert right now. Mm -hmm. This is going to be two of the young so Are you in that Herbert conversation? Mm -hmm. Are you in that conversation with Herbert right. and Josh Allen? and all, Or are you that next year? Uh -huh. And if he can come out there and Baker, and I don't think they expect him to throw for 350 yards against them, but to, to will his team to victory would be a major statement, especially for those who are doubting whether he is in that class. Peter, like, do you think the Browns front office? No, I think is, they know. You think they know his his limits? But his, his contract is up. That's he's going to want that money. He's going to want the mm. money, and it's he's warranted forty million dollars. Like, do you do you think they look at how he's playing? You think this is a, a benchmark game maybe for Baker to kind of show them? Look, I'm the guy you need to pay. Josh Allen got that huge deal. I think everyone's looking at Lamar. What's he going to get? What's Baker going to get? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. if you Great question. Beat this guy, and you, you win a playoff win. game, and you win a Super Bowl, and you keep, you know, it, you could put the argument together that he's worthy of that money, but it's tough because they might keep winning, and he doesn't, and he doesn't play, play great, well. yeah. and they're the like, thing. we're in that purgatory. It's tricky. That's the thing. Yeah. At GMFB, I mean, even in his own division, I'm looking at Joe Burrow. If I'm on his shoulders, what he did on Thursday night football. Fellow number one pick. Against the Jacksonville Jags. You can say what you want mm -hmm. about that, but they were down big, came up big, mm -hmm. and won that game. Like, I, who do you trust in a, in a big moment? It's a tough one, tough sell oh. for me to Baker because I haven't seen it. And maybe it's because they don't put him in those situations, but I've seen him in those situations twice against the same Chiefs team, and he could not do anything. They don't put him in those situations because they know. <laughs> Baker I mean, did go to Pittsburgh and destroy the Steelers in the playoffs. That was a great night for him but he hasn't we haven't seen that guy yet at gmfb with yeah. your thoughts browns fans i have you go to the super bowl hopefully baker can get you there on his bum shoulder it's shoulders fine yeah that's what kyle says let's ask you about some other things uh ian we got a surprise move out of dallas this happened last night i follow jane slater so i'm kind of privy to what's going on but give us all the details about jalen smith 
Yeah, for Jalen Smith, one of the faces of this defense a couple years ago for Dallas and really someone with a big contract that the Cowboys tried several times in the offseason to shed. They tried to trade Jalen Smith, were willing to take on basically the entire salary just to rid the defense of him, just basically because they loaded up at the position. He was going to be the odd man out. Couldn't do it. And then last night officially informed Jalen Smith that he was going to be released. A little bit of a surprise because he's a big name, but just based on play, not a surprise at all. The Cowboys do eat $7.2 million of fully guaranteed salary this year. That is not good, but they rid themselves of $9.2 million of injury guarantees next year. Basically what that means is because they cut him, they don't have to risk him getting injured than having him be on the books next year. His playing time was dwindling. He was not going to start. Sounds like Leighton Van Der Esch and Keanu Neal were going to be the two main linebackers who are going to stay on the field the entire time. This deal, uh, this move should be official 4 p.m. today, and then Jalen Smith will likely sign with another team. We will be tracking that, Ian. In the meantime, we have a very likable, very vocal fan base that watches the show in Jacksonville, Jags fans. And yet here we are five weeks into this very exciting new era with Urban Meyer, and it's off to a terrible start. What's the latest? What's going on? Yeah, I think that about sums it up. Really, everything bad you could possibly have wanted to happen in Jacksonville has literally happened and probably worse. On the field, it's been bad. Off the field with Coach Urban Meyer, it has been probably worse. Of course, we all know by now the viral video that popped up this weekend of Meyer in a Columbus bar dancing with a young woman who is not his wife, whatever else went on there. Uh, and then yesterday, we get a harshly worded statement from owner Shad Khan saying he has addressed the issue with Urban Meyer, who did not fly home with the team, just stayed in Columbus to see his grandkids and all the other activities. Uh, Khan called it inexcusable. He said Meyer expressed sincere remorse and also said Urban Meyer must earn the trust and respect back from this team. He was confident he would do so. And then Meyer went on his local radio show yesterday and addressed the situation uh, talked about how, how horrible the conversations were with Cod, with Khan, and then said, the question was, will the team be ready? And he essentially said, that's not in my court. That's really up to the players, which was also kind of interesting. Obviously, this one we will continue to follow as it develops. Up to the players. Interesting. Appreciate you, Ian, for updating us on that uh, unfortunate situation unfolding down there. We'll be tracking it all day long on NFL Network. Week four officially over. It's time to figure out who's going in your fantasy lineups for week five. So here we are to break down all of your questions. Little Witch Guy Wednesday. Tons of responses here because it's week five. Things are getting dicey. You're making trades. Peter, what do we got? This one's interesting because you have to make a decision today on this one. Chris writes oh. in. Chris says... Okay, am I going with Matthew Stafford or Dak Prescott? If you were to start Stafford, you got to make that decision in the next 24 hours because they're playing tomorrow. What do you think? So, you know when you go to the store and you're in the shampoo aisle and there's like too many options and I'm just like, what? And I just always end up going like, where's the volume? Let's go with the one that's going to give my hair some volume. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do here because it's very hard to choose between these two guys. They've both been absolutely tearing it up from a fantasy perspective. Um, so, so it has to come down to volume and opportunities and it, I just did the math. Dak's averaged just 25 drop packs per game over the past three weeks. Stafford's throwing 35 times per game over that span. Easy math. 10 more attempts per contest. And does he get volume against a Seattle defense that's allowing over 300 yards a game? They are porous. Through the air with eight touchdowns and just one pick allowed? Yep, I think he's going to get the volume. So just based on that, I mean, if you look at Dak, only Jameis Winston has dropped back to pass fewer times over these past three weeks. Mm. He's been effective. Uh, but for fantasy, if it's a close call between these two, I'm always going to take the volumizing shampoo. There you go.
That's Staff perfect. It is. That's perfect. All right, Kay. Next, we have a tweet from Lindsay who asks, Jonathan Taylor or Melvin Gordon? That's a good question. Okay, so the way I look at this, unfortunately, I think both these guys are going the opposite way. Jonathan Taylor has been so frustrating for fantasy owners to start the season, but then last week, what did he do? He did his thing. He finally had 100 yards. He scored his first touchdown of the entire season in week four, and I think he's on the ups. I wouldn't be surprised if that continues. Melvin Gordon started strong. Then we've seen his snaps go down. Talk My about bad. It. Yeah, I mean, that kid is a baller. Angry runs. Oh. I mean, you got to get that kid the ball even more. Melvin Gordon saw his snap percentage dip below 50 last week for the first time. The Broncos, obviously. Vic Fangio angry, wanting his, <laughs> wanting his running back, his rookie to run angry, and they're doing that. So, again, I'm going to side with the volume, especially with what Taylor showed me last week. Can't really beat volume, right? Especially if Jonathan Taylor is kind of a momentum guy, and he was awesome in this what game. What do you so. go for in that shampoo aisle? Um, I go for the peppermint stuff. I like it makes your scalp you kind of tingly. Smells. You're the guy that opens it up and is smelling everything. Oh, yes. And, Kate, That's even if I have to unscrew the thing and peel off that little safety layer, you I'm still going to smell it and I'll you, put it right the back. Fact that you have not been thrown out of You're that before. guy. <laughs> he, he, like, takes down. I mean, this is pre-COVID. I mean, COVID turned your world around. Oh, okay. It's hard to take the top off the shampoo when you have a whole fistful of uh, yogurt pretzels yeah. that you took out of the thing with that little shovel. What's, what's the supermarket in Westchester that you go it's to? It's called the Chico's. Uh, don't I go near the grapes and the Chico's. Don't, don't touch anything. I hit the dried <laughs> mango hard, too. <laughs> All right. Um, I, well, I, I'm in Whole Foods, and I walk past the bin of, of, of mangoes, and I think of you. You're tempted. Because, no, I, I think can't. of Kyle and, like, has, his hard. paws all don't over it. Hey, I like a little snack while I shop. If you can go to the deli counter and say, can I have a sample slice of ham? Why can't I get a sample slice of the candy ginger? I think I can. Hey, follow me um, the grocery store. Don't do it's it. Crazy. Uh, Nick Askin is a great guy to be asking the question. Who's Nick Askin? He's Askin. That's his name. It apparently only says Nick, but the, the, the script says Nick Askin. Gainwell or Sanders? Eagles versus Panthers. This is sort of a, a civil war of Yes. Sure. It's super tough. And, you know, I've got two, you know, I, I'm going to ask you and Rob to help me out here because... Miles Sanders, the volume is not there. It is no. like the opposite of that. He has 15 touches over the last two weeks. Kenneth Gainwell, though, absolutely showing out, eating into his reps. Six catches, 89 total yards, and a rushing touchdown. So, I don't know. They've got Carolina this week. That's a great defense looking to bounce back. Then Tampa next week. In my opinion, with tough matchups, Gainwell has the higher right. ceiling they're gonna be because of the his ability as a mm-hmm. receiver. They're going to be throwing the football, but it, I mean, Miles Sanders can catch too. So what's He's going one of the top, on? hard. top screen runners on? in the league. I have no idea. I don't know if it's that, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't want to run the football. I, if I was Philly, I'd do read option almost every single time I run the football to totally threaten the defense with, his, with as many run options as possible. They're not doing it. I mean, would you say Miles Sanders, 15 touches 15 for two touches weeks? for two That's weeks. ridiculous. They That's like a half. They don't tons of touches, That's supposed though. to be a half for a but guy But they're like feeding Gainwell. They're getting him more involved. And the versatility shrinks. Like, it's hard to argue against Gainwell at this point. The plan was to bring that Indianapolis offense and that Miles Sanders would be Jonathan Taylor and Gainwell mm-hmm. would be Naeem Hines. The problem is... Gainwell's been better than, than Sanders. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you got to give the guy who's hot the touches. Gainwell's been really good, and he's versatile, like you said. This Memphis running back crew of Pollard and Gibson, and now this guy, I don't know where they're coming from. Move over to you. This is where it is. Running back university. You're going to do a football life on the Memphis. I This is why fantasy is so hard. What do you think about this? You drafted Miles Sanders in the second round. And here's but Nick Sirianni didn't draft him in the second round. You know yeah. what I mean? I think you got to go. Do not go with the reputation. Do not go with the past. Go with what's hot now. I'll go yeah. Gainwell, who also was a great name. <laughs> That's very true, but also it's the Carolina defense, so be careful yeah. there.
Okay, Brown. Just be careful. careful. All right, up next, uh, I'm going to put the guys to the test. Let's go. Which team awesome. already has the most electric offense? Who's doing great as of today? Get your markers out at his whiteboard Wednesday. It's a little Week meat milk, eh? Mm -hmm. Next. Hey, it is a little meat. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Whiteboard wants you. Can you guys hear that squeaking? Mm -hmm. Kyle Wright sound as whiteboard? It sounds like a basketball yeah. game. I know what that was. Here's the deal. Offense, offense, offense. There are some teams putting up some numbers so far this season through four weeks as we look ahead to week five kicking off tomorrow on NFL Network. There are five different squads averaging over 30 points a game this season. That's the future of the NFL right there. Lots of different high-powered units. So I ask you, the most exciting NFL offense right now is who? Okay, so I took it as this. If you have a blank slate, every game, what offense are you clicking on sure, on your Sunday sure. ticket to say, I'm watching this? Okay. It's still the Chiefs. 
They yeah. didn't go anywhere. They're still <laughs> awesome on offense. They might not be able to stop anybody, but they are still the team I want to watch, and they're still the most creative. Yeah. Yeah. I got the Chiefs still. I know. All right. I, might, I might be a fan of the franchise. Dom Toretto. That's it. All I right. love it. Okay, fair enough. I, I like that one. There, there are some creative offenses, um, but I took the approach of, you know, football coach, you know what I'm saying? If I had to explain the most exciting offense in the National Football League, and I went with the Cowboys. I know it may not be a popular pick, but, I mean, they can beat you any way you want it, Mm -hmm. right? If you want to stop Ezekiel Elliott, they have three number one wide receivers Mm -hmm. that they can go to and and beat you over the top. If you want to drop seven or eight and, and be able to try to stop Dak Prescott, they have a running game that they can actually lean on. And Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott, Tony Pollard, those guys can, can get the ball down the football field. And even if you know the run is coming, mm-hmm. they can just pick you up, move you around, and get to where they want to get. So for all that, to me, the, the, the Cowboys have the most versatile style of offense in the National Football League. It ain't sexy all the mm-hmm. time. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of motions and shifts. Mm-hmm. You may even know it's coming, <laughs> but you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what makes this the most exciting offense. Love right. it. You, you guys, both the teams you put up played against my answer. It, I didn't think I was ever going to write this. I'm going with the Chargers. Double lightning bolt with L.A. Um, And you know why? Because I don't know what I'm going to get. Like, this Brandon Staley couldn't give less of a bleep about convention, about (laughs) fear, about nervousness, uh, whether it was the other night, whether it was in Kansas City when Peter's offense was over on the sideline watching Justin Herbert go for it. They're going to go for it on fourth. Oh, too bad we got a penalty. (laughs) Just go for it anyway. Fourth and nine. We'll we'll go on fourth and nine. We don't care. If we got another penalty, we go on fourth and 14. (laughs) I like watching Herbert, and I like watching... Watching this babyface Staley on the sideline just shoot from the hip and land it. The Chargers can't get enough of him right and now. And they've got the Browns this week. Kevin Stefanski, you might think, oh, he runs and he's simple, but he's got that juice in him, too. He yeah. stuff out, he reverses oh, yeah. and stuff. That's yeah. exciting to see how those two play callers are going to go head-to-head oh, in yeah. that matchup. Now, Kyle, the third season of your podcast, 10 Questions, hey now. premieres Congrats, today. Buddy. And you are kicking it off with a two-time Super Bowl champion who flips the birds at the camera. It is yeah. named Eli Manning. How exciting, A. That's amazing. You asked him about his career if he would have remained a San Diego Charger, and here is his answer. Take a look. Do you ever think about how your career would have gone as a Charger? You know, I, I haven't, uh, just because I kind of knew when I made that decision, I wasn't going to look back. I wasn't have regrets. I mean, the whole Antonio Gates deal, I mean, I remember them talking to me about him. They're like, hey, we got this great tight end. We think he's going to be a superstar. He's never played football before. He's played basketball, but he's going to be a great tight end. Trust us. I'm like... Yeah, right. Yeah, that that happens all the time. (laughs) Ten questions with Kyle Brent. How was it? That was funny. He's amazing. And he, you know, he goes on and on and on. I'm like, by the way, Eli, that was a lie. If you didn't want to go to San Diego and hand it to LaDainian Tomlinson for your it might have been nice, but he refused (laughs) to Any hints on how he did? I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. It's The quarterbacks do really well. Yeah? Really well. Smart guy. Very smart guy, but some hard questions. Download 10 questions with Kyle Brandt wherever you download your podcast. And answer me this, gentlemen. Eli being a Charger instead of a Giant would have changed a lot of big moments, of course. The biggest what if in NFL history is what? I'll go about 20 years earlier than their draft. Stay in New York City. Jets had the 24th overall pick. Two quarterbacks are on the board. They select Kenny O'Brien over Dan Marino. Go on, Peter. Okay. Ken O'Brien did go to a Pro Bowl, and he came out of California Davis, but he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. (laughs) And Jets fans have been haunted by this ghost of of Joe Namath's legacy. And who's going to be the next one? And whether it be Ken O'Brien or Richard Todd or Vinny Testaverde or Sam Darnold or you name it. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. They haven't been able to find anyone close to Namath. And Marino is obviously the best 
throwing quarterback of his era. He might not have had the rings, but gosh, if he was in New York City, what would have that been like? Marino in a Jets uniform, what would have that meant? That's awesome. I was born in 83, man. I like it. sitting there looking at the Great year. taking Todd Blackless, Penn Stater, went that year as well. Okay, so um, this, isn't, uh, this isn't a history one for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, I don't think it would have been the, the, the greatest what if in, in history. But I'm going to go back to this past offseason. You know, there was some turmoil with these quarterbacks. You mm -hmm. know, these quarterbacks want to move and control mm -hmm. where they go. What if Aaron Rodgers went to San Francisco and Russell Wilson went to New Orleans? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, guys, to me, this was fascinating to me. And I almost wanted this to happen in the offseason just simply because I know uh, how much Aaron Rodgers wants to play in the Bay, mm -hmm. wants to be back in San Francisco. I know that's where he's from. And could you imagine Aaron Rodgers in a Kyle Shanahan offense? Yeah, but, but it's that second me? one I really like. But it's the second one. All right, Russell Wilson, I know he did some complaining, and then he came back and said, no, I didn't say my offensive line sucked. I didn't say that. But I get hit too much. But I'm not saying they suck, but I get hit too much. I don't know. I don't get what he's saying, but what if he had went to New Orleans and got with Sean Payton? I don't think we'd be talking about the pedestrian passing numbers down there with New Orleans right now. And, and honestly, if these two trades had happened or these two, these two things happened, this would be the NFC Championship game this year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Point blank. Ah. Scott, you're right. This would be the NFC Championship game. Two of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. That's a fresh one. That's a classic. I have a deep dive. I'm going to okay. put up this name. It's a name we all know. LeGarrette Blunt. I just had him on the podcast. Quick story about this. LeGarrette's yeah, awesome. Yeah. We love, love LeGarrette. <laughs> Larry Blunt is playing at Oregon. It's the first game of his final year there, and there's a whole deal after the game in which some, he punches a guy on the other mm -hmm. team. And okay, he goes crazy that night, and in the sense that like he was really angry and was very, very, very close to going into the stands against some Boise State fans. The only person that held him back was Scott Frost, who was a coach for Oregon at the time. Mm -hmm. It is my contention that if Scott Frost was not there, I think it would have gotten really, 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 really ugly. And I don't think the Patriots would have won three Super Bowls. Wow. Because that's how many LeGarrette won. He won three Super Bowls and played a huge role in several, like in several big, big, big time games. I really think if you go back that night to Boise, if Scott Frost had not gotten involved like he should have and let LeGarrette cool down, I think at least one of these Super Bowls is coming off Tom Brady's finger because LeGarrette really? Blunt would have never been a Patriot. That's my take. That's the deep. Never down. Super Bowl MVP. Never right. really gets the love for those wins. No, but he's been awesome. Interesting. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I like that, and, and not even in those games one, and getting them to those oh, yeah. games. Do you remember the player who he punched? Yes, it was Byron Hout. Hunt. Yes. No, 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 no. It was Hout. Peter, it's not Hunt. It's Hout. Okay, obviously. Smoke them. It was great. You got that. I know. I wrote a lot about that. Giardi, speaking of the Patriots, thank you for that brilliant segue there. Mike Giardi said that Belichick and Brady sat down with each other one-on-one for about 20 minutes behind closed doors after the Buccaneers win over said Patriots. The one-on-one sit-down, football or otherwise, that you'd most like to witness in person, be a fly on the wall of, would be which? I'm taking it from today's headlines. I didn't know Vic Fangio had this in him. Give me Vic hey! <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to be so just... You know, Vic Fangio, like... Uh, <laughs> Basically, he calls out John Harbaugh's entire career and says this is their mode of operation there. Meanwhile, Vic worked for John Harbaugh. This was Vic thick. worked for Jim Harbaugh. What is going on? Harbaugh was shocked by the comment. Like, uh -huh. I'm surprised what? he said that. Like, what? That's my guy. Um, let's have a sit down. And this might get Saints of Newark style. I don't know. It seems like Vic was like, <laughs> look, at, I don't. this might not end pretty. Vic was not wanna, happy. You don't want to mess with Vic. I'm just saying. Vic, Vic Fangio is terrifying. I don't mess with anyone named Vic yeah. or the last name Fangio. Okay. <laughs> You want to mess with the Harbaugh family? I don't, I don't know. I, dude, I grew up in New Jersey. No Vicks, no Fangios. I don't mess with that. I agree. 
I'll take a Harbaugh over a Fangio. All right. Yeah. Vic, Vic Fangio is a guy who has a nickname like Vic the Stick or something <laughs> yes. like that. Vic the Stick. Did, yeah. Do you yeah, think you this is over and behind them, or is this going to? I think it's okay, over. Good. I think I think they probably spoke, but I would love to see wow. the one-on-one and see exactly what went yeah. down because Vic was angry. <laughs> that that's funny. All right, guys, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here. All right. So stay with me. All right. Okay, you guys know I'm into the universe yeah. and all of those types of things. All right. Person I'd like to sit down with, Elon Musk. Go on. Okay. Okay, Elon Musk. Now, I hear that Thomas Edison is like his idol, a guy that he likes mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, I'd like to understand if he understands kind of what Nikola Tesla oh, did for the Tesla. world. Tesla, okay. Um, I'd wonder if he knows about the technology mm -hmm. and all of those things. And can he possibly give free energy to the world like mm -hmm. Tesla wanted to do before he was murdered and, you know, mm -hmm. stuff was stolen. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get into it on national uh, television. But mm -hmm. Yeah. Elon Musk. I think he could change the world. Can you imagine 17 minutes in that conversation walking into the room with Elon and Mike Rob where they're going? And what they're <laughs> yeah. about? I'm getting like some sort of weird contact high <laughs> just thinking about it. Wow. Mike, we need that to happen too, but 20 minutes is not long enough. I'm going to um, go back to football, one that really resonated at the table. Here's who I want to talk for 20 minutes. Pete and the Beast. That's Pete Carroll and Marshawn Lynch immediately after the Malcolm mm. Butler interception. You don't want that. Right after. Yes, I do, that. Mike. I know too Now, much. Mike Rob had just that. left the team. <laughs> now, maybe if they had a better fullback, they would have ran it, but oh. we can't get into that. Uh, still, I think the worst play call in, in organized sports history. I want them right afterwards when they're fresh, just like Belichick and Brady, but right after, and they, it has it has to be a minimum of 20 minutes. No mm. two minutes unless mm. you have to stay in there for 20. Mike, what would they have talked about? They would have talked about why the ball wasn't handed off. Mm -hmm. We probably would talk about Super Bowl MVP possibility mm -hmm. if Beast Mode does score that touchdown at the end of the game. And people always say, why did they run the football? Uh -huh. right? three, three previous times to the, in, in that year, they lost with a couple seconds on the clock. Okay. And Tom Brady was the best quarterback of all those guys. They didn't want to have any time on the clock. But I think they would have talked about MVP. They talked about who's the true leader of the team. Yeah. And I'm going to shut up before I get myself in trouble. Nah. You don't want to get yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> no, all it's right. all good. It is only week five, but there's another big matchup no, in the wild NFC West. Uh, we've got a couple seconds here. Anybody want to tap in? He's doing Anybody it now. Anybody want to break news? Oh, yeah, look at that. Bam, break bam. news about this at this, uh, at this juncture. Uh, Didn't we break news last yes, week? Yes, literally. Show? I forget what it was. Richard though. Sherman is now. Richard Sherman. Sherman. Oh, right. look at this. Here he goes. Mike, we'll talk good. about the <laughs> NFC West after this. Emrah. We took it easy. She could have given you the hula <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics <laughs> he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Breaking news on our show. It's weird that this stuff happens uh, mid-season as far as players getting released and becoming available. So let's get right to it, guys. The lead block brings us Ian Rappaport. He's our NFL Network insider. We have some news out of New England. Former Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore, a guy very crucial in a couple of Super Bowl wins there, uh, being released. What's going on? Yeah, this situation really came to a head uh, in the last couple of days. The Patriots want to sign Jamie Collins or set to sign Jamie Collins. Just needed some cap space to do it. Sounds like they had some conversations with Stephon Gilmore's agent about redoing his contract and creating some cap space. And he was, from what I understand, not really willing to do that unless he got something for it. Gilmore has wanted a new contract, has wanted a raise. The Patriots wanted to see him healthy before they were going to give him any money. He's coming back from a very serious quad injury that saw him land on the PUP list to start the season. None of this could be resolved, so instead of the Patriots uh, continuing to try to figure this out as tension mounted between their former star player and the team, they decided, you know what, just release him, completely save the cap space, save all the money that was due for him for the rest of the year. Obviously, they would have liked the player, uh, but that just did not happen here with Gilmore wanting a new contract. So now the former All-Pro is free to sign with any team at 4 p.m., assuming that someone else doesn't come in and just trade for him now and kind of end, end some of the post-release battle that would happen. Four Pro Bowls under his belt, Super Bowl championship, uh, Defensive Player of the Year back in 2019. He's available to be on the field playing after week six with that quad injury. He was on PUP. So it's hard for me to understand or believe that there wasn't a trade market for Stephon Gilmore. Thank you so much, Ian. We'll talk to you throughout the morning here. This is a bit surprising to me, Shriggs. What do you got? It's surprising to me as well that it would come out this way that he's released and they're putting out the news that he's being released. Now, look, they said, Ian just said that there was a tempt to do a restructure and Gilmore's like no which means there must be a market for him it's not if they were offering a restructure and you had no other option you'd say okay let's restructure and let keep it coming I want to mm -hmm. still be a patriot but he obviously wants to start anew and wants to get more money from somewhere else or thinks there will be a market I find it interesting because Belichick is no rube uh, that team is no are no fools that it comes out at 9 a.m. Eastern 
when he can't be officially released till four o'clock. What I think that does is, if there was a team who says, we really want him, but you know what? The other team might want him too, and oh, now we gotta deal with the agent, do a bidding war. You can come in there and swoop in now. You still have a few hours from now until four o'clock. You can still swoop in and say, hey, how's a fourth round pick sound? Mm -hmm. Straight up, Stephon Gilmore. It's better than nothing what the Patriots are saying right now. So to me, there is a strategy of putting the news out now that he's being planned to be released. Interesting. Possibly get a trade partner. Uh -huh. And if Gilmore uh -huh. and his agent are okay with that trade partner, and I know he doesn't have a no trade in his contract, but usually they're not going to do the player dirty and send him to some place that's, yeah. that's way out there. Even this team won't? I don't think they would. I think <laughs> even though we have seen Jamie Collins trade to the Unless Browns. Hello. Jamie Collins back, though. <laughs> Probably coming back, yeah. Well, I would yeah. think that there is at least some kind of discussion with the agent, but I think putting it out now kind of pumps the well a little bit if a team wants to trade for him and say, you know what, we want him, let's go get him. Yeah, and I think that's smart by New England if that is the, the, the strategy that they're using because, you know, Stephon Gilmore, I mean, defensive player of the year in 2019, six interceptions, he allows almost just 50% uh, uh, completion when he's in coverage. I mean, this dude is a stud. Like, this is not just like some slap that's just put out on the market and he, he can't help your football team. So to me, like, for Bill Belichick to kind of, you know, sever the relationship, you know, cut bait with him now, it seems more. It seems like it's more there. And to your point, Peter, you know, maybe he was unhappy and wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to play for somebody else, but you can't let a former defensive player of the year come off your roster and not get anything back for it in return. I, I agree with you. I think that might be a strategy mm. to letting it come out this morning. There's a buyer beware going on right now. There's something, like, confusing about why would they just let him go or yeah. might would they let him go. But here's the thing. If you're a football fan this morning, this is very exciting. Oh, my gosh, this player is out there. Maybe my team can get him. And I've been sitting here for an hour thinking of if I could snap my fingers and have any team make a move, maybe even call and make a trade. Is there just any way the Packers would say, we're going to go get this guy? We're going to go all in. Jair Alexander is hurt. They have a rookie corner who's coming 21. along fine. They lost to a team last year in the Bucs that went all in and brought everybody in. This is the last year of Rodgers. If this was the last dance, it'd be like in the middle of the season. Oh, my God, Dikembe Mutombo is available. We can yeah. get him. Do the craziest thing and make a move. The last time you got a corner like this, you won a Super Bowl. The Packers, do something. Okay. Go get them. I think a lot of people think, oh, naturally, it's almost a joke, but like Tom Brady will pick up the phone. Yeah. They'll add the, they've they got are. issues with their secondary. Of course, they would love to have Stephon Gilmore. They're familiar with each other. Uh, the Chiefs, I would love to see make a move here, but, I mean, they pay their quarterback a lot of money, Shrig, so I don't know if they were to okay. not work out a trade before 4 p.m. I don't know how they could afford him. Yeah, all the teams that you're hearing, I like the Packers. The Cowboys fans are out like, we're finally good on defense. We have one great corner. Another one. Is there another one we can add? Yeah. I think all the teams that are usually very aggressive, Tampa, Kansas City, that, those are teams. What about Jalen Smith, too? He's available. It's so weird to have the guys at mm. this caliber available going into week five of an NFL season. Yeah, and Smith is healthy. That's one. Yeah. yeah, a head scratcher? Yeah, it's got to be more there than that. Yeah. It's got to be. Healthy. I don't know. We'll save that uh, for later. You mentioned Carolina. I think that was interesting, yep. too. He's JC from Rock Warren, Hill. Mm -hmm. You know, the owner of that team. He's, you know, he'll go for it and do it. Yeah, yeah, Tepper. We'll see. <laughs> All right, it'll be very interesting. A lot of optimism around the league uh, with 31 teams at least. But week five does kick off tomorrow night in Seattle. Huge NFC. West showdown between the Rams and Seahawks right here on NFL Network. Can I get, get Gilmore to Seattle? Stop Cooper Cup? Something? Let's do it. Omar Ruiz has the latest. Good morning, Kay. The Seahawks trying to put four quarters together for the first time this season. Their first three games of the year, they were dominant to start. In fact, they averaged almost 21 points per game in each of those first three games. And then on Sunday against the 49ers, they started slowly. In their first five drives, they had a combined negative seven yards before keeping their composure and rallying to win going away. Russell Wilson says part of that inconsistency 
is their third and long situations. In fact, more than 50% of their third downs this season have been third and seven or longer. Despite their 2-2 two and two record, the Seahawks have led by double digits every game this season. Wilson saying that overcoming this early season adversity will ultimately make them a better team. He's trying to impress upon some of his younger teammates his even-keeled approach, something he hopes helps them as they get set to play in front of their frenzied 12s for the first time in their careers in primetime tomorrow night. Chased down by Cliff Abel and dropped. Averill like he was shot out of a gun. Cliff Averill, baby, make yourself known. Ooh-wee, okay, our next guest is a Super Bowl champion, of course, a pro bowler, and holds the Seahawks record for the most sacks in the postseason. Cliff Averill, welcome to the virtual breakfast table. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Last year they started 5-0, this year they're 2-2. Two and two. Where do you think the Seahawks stack up this season with the rest of the NFC West? Ooh, they, it's stacked up over there, man. As you, as you know, I mean, the <laughs> NFC West, in my opinion, has probably been one of the top uh, divisions in football, and this year is no different, you know. But I, I, if you have Russell Wilson, you got Bobby Wagner, I still think they do well in the division. I still think they're going to win 10 games, uh, but it's going to be a lot more competitive. I think they need to get the defense together a little bit. Um, but Russell Wilson will lead these guys and allow them to, to make some noise in the NFC West. Oh, well, they got to make noise tomorrow night. Seahawks are one half of the Thursday night showdown against the Rams. Seahawks Rams on NFL Network. It's Fox. It's streaming on Prime Video. It's everywhere. You were also teammates with Matthew Stafford early on in his Lions days. So get, get involved in this. If you were still with the Seahawks and you could coach them, consult them, what advice would you give Seattle's defense in stopping Matthew Stafford? Pass rush. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I, I understand no quarterback <laughs> in the NFL likes getting hit. No quarterback likes being hurried. So I, I think the guys up front is going gonna, is gonna to take everybody up front, the four guys, even bringing Jamal from time to time. But you have to make him uncomfortable in the pocket because the boy got an arm. As we get, we've seen over the last few weeks that he can play. He got some weapons. So uh, in order to slow him down, it definitely boils down to, to pass rush, making him uncomfortable in that pocket, make him move his feet in that pocket, and get some hits on them boys, man. So we talked about, you know, Russell, of course, your squad, mm -hmm. and then we talked about Matt Stafford. I want to talk to my favorite quarterback. I'm sorry, Cliff. In this division, it is Kyler Murray. He is undefeated. The chatter of MVP is coming up. He has the best of what Mahomes and Lamar Jackson can do in one player. High ceiling. What do you think of him, and who does he remind you of? It's hard to make a comparison to, for Kyler Murray to someone. Extremely impressive. Extremely impressive what, what he's been able to do uh, in his, his young career, especially this season. He's a heck of an athlete at quarterback. Uh, and who I would compare him to, honestly, I, the same guy we were just talking to, uh, talking about, Russell Wilson. You know, both of them are short. They can't see over the O-line. Both of them are extremely athletic. But this one in particular, he got young legs, so he makes everybody look silly. But he's impressive and it's fun to watch. It's, it is fun to watch him. It's fun to watch Russell. It's also fun to watch the Cowboys defense. And their defensive coordinator is someone you know very well, Dan Quinn, who was the D coordinator when you guys had the Legion of Boom and all you boys up front. Explain a little bit what Dan Quinn's defense is doing and what that scheme is compared to what it's been in the past. And for fans who might not be as in the weeds as you guys are. He is a D-line uh, coach at heart. 
So as a D lineman, you know, he's going to make sure he sets his D lineman up to have success. He also understands that everything starts up front. If those guys up front aren't getting after the quarterback, aren't penetrating and, and, and getting tackles for losses, he understands his defense is going to be slowed down tremendously. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing is he's going to make sure those guys up front are, are playing fast, uh, are being disruptive, are getting after the quarterback, and he understands that everybody on the back end, it makes their job that much easier. Um, so that's why it's not a shocking to see what they're doing right now. Honestly, he's just a player's coach, too. He's fun to play with. He's fun to play for. Uh, he's always got a lot of energy. And I think that's why he's always been able to have a defense that, that plays well because they'll play for him. All right, Cliff. All I'm right. going to ask you three questions. You'll give me a Cliff Notes versions of your answers. All right, you ready? Let's roll. From a pass rusher's point of view, okay, who's the toughest current quarterback to tackle right now when scrambling for a first down? Well, I, it's hard to go against Lamar Jackson and what he's able to do, man. Um, obviously, we know he can beat you with his feet. And, and as a pass rusher, those are the worst quarterbacks to go up against. But also, um, you know, in the run game, it's third and short. They add a 10th blocker because we know he's going to get the rock. So the fullback, the running back becomes another blocker. So it makes it that much more difficult to get after him. So I got to give to Lamar. And he makes, he makes linebackers. He makes DBs. He makes everybody just look silly. I love it. True 11 on 11 football, man. That doesn't give the defense the advantage like you guys always like to have. Okay. All right. Who is the most skilled pass rusher in our game today? I got to go with the OG, man. He doesn't get enough credit. And I'm talking about Chandler Jones, man. He's 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 a heck of a ball player, man. Obviously, he was out last year. Uh, he started the season off crazy with five sacks. But it's, it's more of... Long, uh, more of how unorthodox of a pass rusher he is. He can beat you with his hands. He's slow off the ball sometimes. He's long, linky. Uh, he knows how to catch guys' hands and, and just bend the corner. Uh, impressive. I mean, the man got 102 sacks already. So, uh, Chandler Jones is my guy. <laughs> Last question. You hold the Super Bowl record for the fastest ever score with a safety just 12 seconds in the Super Bowl 48 and bro, I was on the sideline. Hype! <laughs> Will anyone ever break your record? I hope not. I hope not. That's my only claim to fame right now. Every Super Bowl, I'm holding my breath like, okay, make sure these guys don't run nothing back. Um, it's going to be hard unless unless it's something like this where, where you know, there's a fluke play at the beginning of the game. I don't see it being broken, and I hope it doesn't get broken for any time soon. Cliff, thank you for joining the virtual breakfast table this morning. Keep doing your thing, big dog. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys having me. Y'all enjoy. More Good Morning Football tomorrow. Keep it here. Wow, what a game tomorrow in the NFC West. Seahawks and Rams will be there to set it up for you tomorrow morning. If you change the team name, I think you lose the numbers on the helmet, too. And I like yeah, the I like the numbers on the Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.